people throw the best house parties with DJs and alcohol is flowing and like and girls show up to parties wearing hijab but underneath it they're wearing the sluttiest outfits ever which is like whoa and we're talking like <laughs> Mykonos, Ibiza, South of France <laughs> On this episode of Speak Your Brain, I bring an amazing woman named Megan Pormer. She's a model, actress, activist, and a doctor, which is amazing for a beautiful girl to be so intelligent and so after what she believes in. And I uh, took the Myers-Briggs test from her. She's an ENFP, meaning she's an extrovert, intuitive, feeler, and a perceiver. She also won the American Influencer Award by Tyra Banks. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as I did. Hey girl, how's it going? Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Of course, thanks for coming. So where are you from? What's your background? I'm Iranian. My mother's Iranian. My dad is Turkish-Iranian. So, Oh, uh, what kind of Turkish? What part? Azerbaijan. Oh, yeah. were you born there? Born in Iran, yes. You know I was too, right? Oh, really? Yeah. No, that I really didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay, yeah. that's cool. I was born and raised in Iran. Oh, wow, when did you yeah. when did you move to the 18. US? 18, okay. Yeah, how about you? 2014. 2014. I initially moved here in 2012, but I was still studying in London. So between Mm. 2012 and 2014, I was still in my write-up stage for my university thesis. So I was going back and forth. But like 2014 was the year that I really settled in LA and tried to make this home. Right. Well, I moved from Iran straight here, but oh it seems like you moved from Iran to, you well, went to London. Uh, first, we moved to Dubai as a family. Mm. So we were in Dubai when I was little. Then we moved back to Iran, then to Turkey. Then because my father was working in um, different countries in the Middle East, so we were going back and forth. And then they sent me to boarding school in London. Oh, God. Yeah, I know, right? You can imagine. Imagine with, like, (laughs) culturally, we come from such, like, warm and, like, you know, emotionally expressive families. And we're so used to, like, being surrounded by a lot of people. And then suddenly, it was a big cultural shock for me when my parents sent me to England, which was the whole purpose for me to, like, understand the world from different perspectives and different cultures. And then again... um, when I was in London, I would use every excuse to go back to Iran and back and forth and back and forth. And then, yeah, and then I finished my education and I moved to L.A. And, yeah, I've been here since. And for whoever doesn't know, she has a Ph.D. How <laughs> badass is that? <laughs> Thank you. That's super cool. Thank you. And it's bio. It's in biomedical engineering, engineering correct. if I'm not wrong. Correct. That's pretty cool. And you do lab research um, in cancer, about correct. cancer, right? Yes, Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that because you're a doctor in the day and then you go to all these award shows and the best parties at night. I I, I can tell you that as a kid, I felt like I have this intuition for medical pain and for like when people were going through physical pain, I was always sensing it to the point that if somebody that was like really close to my heart if they would go through any kind of physical pain I would find myself in like pain and in discomfort and um, 
my brother was little. I was eight, and he was like two or three. And unfortunately, one time he got a virus and he lost his breath and he almost died. And without knowing what CPR is, I just opened his mouth and I blew in his mouth, and he came back to life. You just and went with your gut. I just went with my gut, and it made me feel like I want to do anything I possibly can to be a part of、um, finding ways to save people's lives. Right, and. Then I studied biomedical engineering, which allowed me to understand human physiology like as much as possible, and understand how to de-、uh, design different implants for people that are having、um, issues with their limbs or their joints, or even like、um, aesthetic implants. But then it, I deviated into cancer research and finding ways to cure cancer. So my biggest dream is to be a part of a team that will one day soon announce, yeah,、Hell、cure yeah. for cancer. Wow, that is a that is an amazing dream to have. That's <laughs> Thank amazing.、You. Thank you. In the past week, I, me and my boyfriend got the news of two of our friends having cancer. Literally in the past、I'm、week. So that would be an amazing dream to achieve because. I know. Fuck cancer. I know. Fuck cancer. Really. <laughs> and if like I daydream about that day every single day, every single、yeah. day. When you know when I feel like this is something that all of us and to a certain level are worried about. And yeah, it's time for it to go away. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it still hasn't. What is it with?、Uh, I don't know if it's just like a conspiracy theory, but they say that the cure has been found, but the government is keeping it from people because they make so much money off of it. Do you think that's true? I mean, the pharmaceutical、uh, industry is a very complicated industry because once you announce a treatment for any kind of disease, there it comes a lot of responsibility for any exceptions or any、um, basically reactions or any issues that it can cause, and nothing's a hundred percent. So it would be. Very understandable that every time a medical treatment like comes up, every time you know、uh, scientists come up with an idea or with a trial, it will take a long time before any government can approve it or endorse it because it's a huge responsibility and it has to go through a lot of like trials before they can feel sure that it wouldn't create many complications for people. Right. So I kind of,、uh, I'm not. I I need to、uh, dive deeper. Into the、uh, when it comes to like getting approval for different treatments before I can comment on how close we are to find an easy treatment for cancer. But yeah, at this point, I'm just leaving it at the fact that a lot of people are working on it, and the governments are trying as hard as they can to approve, you know, the most avail the most recent treatments. Right. All right. One day soon, we're gonna see your name. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Megan Pormer. Yes, has found the cure to cancer, and I'm gonna be like, I knew yes, it. Hopefully, I know that from、girl. your mouth, God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have many interesting aspects to your life, and first of all, I, it's one of my favorite things: beautiful girls that have an intelligent side to them, that、oh, have figured、you. out another aspect to them than just being beautiful, and you are. Really, just you are that. That's that speaks very loud about you. You're a feminist. You're an activist. You have a PhD. Um, I want to I want to kind of dive a little deep into that. Like, what are your thoughts about feminism? What does feminism mean to you? Ah,、oh, 
I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Feminism to me means for women to be able to do what they are, what what's true to themselves without being limited by any cultural, social, or sexual um, beliefs. I feel like women were born to rule the world and to run the world. And men are here to do the heavy lifting and make it easy for them. But are I you feel saying men are the labor workers. <laughs> but but even without labor workers, we wouldn't. This world would not be where it is right now. So labor workers are like the 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 backbone of the right. world. But I mean that men are stronger physically, and they are supposed to help women really do what's true their, to their hearts, which is. Yeah coming from a place of compassion. I feel like one of the main things that this world um, is missing right now is that a lot of our politicians and a lot of people that are decision makers for this world, they're men and they are emotionally unavailable and detached. And therefore, they're not able to make decisions that are coming from a place of compassion. And I feel like if you put a woman in, in one of those roles, she would be able to make decisions by understanding what people are really, um, really craving. And so my stance on feminism is that unfortunately, women um, stop themselves from doing what's true to their hearts due to a lot of social and cultural limitations. And once that goes away, feminism can really show the world what what it's supposed to be doing. And yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a little... I don't know if I'm a feminist or not. I don't know if that sounds weird. As a woman, I feel like everybody should... I think everybody should be a feminist, right? But I think like feminism's definition is so blurry these days. I have so many friends that are huge feminists right mm -hmm. like their lives are dedicated to being feminist and i get into conversations with them all the time and it sounds like they want female superiority over man and that doesn't sound i feel like feminism means equality right yes being able to get the same jobs that men can and being able to get the same pay that men in the same field like if If I'm an engineer and you're an engineer and we work in the same office and we do the same work, we should be getting paid the same amount. That's equality. And we should have the same opportunities to get the same job as a man and a woman, right? Um, but that's not what we see. We, If you go in the same office, men that do the same job as women, they get paid more. So obviously equality is not here yet. But a lot of times when I talk to my super feminist friends it does not sound like they want equality they, it sounds like they want superiority and i think that's one of my problems with feminism and i think that's a lot of people's problem with feminism i don't think equality makes any sense when it comes to comparing a man to a woman how can we possibly be equals when the woman women were chosen as the vessel to bear a child It's right. not even possible to be an equal to a man. It's like comparing an apple to an orange. Like they're, we're here both for two completely different reasons. Right. And it's not about being a superior or an inferior. It's about each, create, each creation of God being able to do what they're meant to do in this right. world. And anything that limits that is wrong by default. Whether it's because of 
their sex, age, or gender, if we're limiting anyone in this world to st- and stop them from what they're what what what's what they're meant to do in this world, that's just wrong. Right. And we, I don't, I don't believe in naming it equality or being an inferior or superior. None of that. I just don't want. Like, I see a lot of women, and they have dreams, and there are certain things that are, that is true to their hearts, and they know they're in this world to do certain things, but they don't do it. Why? Because. Oh my God! I want to do this, but my husband would say that you're spending way too much time outside of the house and you're not paying attention to me. Oh my God! I want to do this, but I have three kids, and the kids are like, I don't want to be a bad mom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Or I want to do this, but I'm worried that the that the um, society will look at me as a bad girl mm-hmm. or as a you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the things that I have mm-hmm. an issue with. I'm like, if there's something that's true to your heart, you got to be able to do it regardless of anything else that's going on in your life, and being worried about being judged. But then what do you do when I, I, I see your point? I see where you're coming. And I completely agree with that aspect of feminism. You should be able to do whatever it is you want to do, regardless of your sex and your gender. And everyone who cares about you and is in your life, whether it's your husband, your brother, your father, they should support you in your dreams. But then what do you do when you're a woman, a well-achieved woman, but you get pregnant? You have to leave work to go have your child and that just naturally gives men an advantage over women because let's say you're about to get a promotion at your job that you've been at for 20 years right mm-hmm. and your husband is about to get the same promotion at the same time but you get pregnant and you have to leave to go have that baby but your husband can still keep going he well, can get that promotion but which is can't. exactly why men and women are not equal so to me for that woman if it's more true to her heart to get that promotion and follow through with the job that she's at, it's not time for her to get pregnant. Even if the husband wants it, even if the world wants it, if it's not true to her heart, she should not just give birth for the sake of giving birth. She should give birth because it's true to her soul that it's time for her to give birth to another human being because she feels that she is at a point in her life where she's living the life that's true to herself. And trust me, if you're in that point in your life where you're you're only bringing another human being into this world because you feel accomplished in what you were supposed to do, or at least you feel like you're on the right path, then a month off for maternity leave wouldn't take that away from you. The truth is, if you get pregnant at the right time, nothing will be taken away from you. But if you are getting pregnant because you're worried about, like, thank God for IVF and all those, like, in vitro treatments, women are not, don't have to worry about their biological clock as much as before. So it's the perfect time. Like, science is really allowing us to, to go after our dreams or go after what would make us feel that we're doing the right thing that we came to this world for. I hear you, and it is the best time that it's ever been for women and for women who want to achieve their dreams, but I think it still does not solve it 100%. I think still, if you get pregnant, let's say accidentally, and you want to keep the child, right? You don't want to get an abortion. You want to keep it, but it's not the perfect time you're still just at, at it's just this natural disadvantage for women but if you are a responsible adult you won't get pregnant without by accident That's which thing. i'm not so i have <laughs> nothing more to say to that 
<sighs> yeah. All right. It's, a, you know, it's all about doing what's true to your heart. If it is true to your heart to work right now and achieve your dreams, science is giving us more than enough options to make sure we won't get pregnant. On, we, there, will, there will be no unwanted pregnancy. And that we won't have, we're not under that biological clock pressure anymore. Yeah, but science gave us condoms and condoms uh, suck. Birth control. <laughs> <laughs> birth control. IEDs. I've never taken any type of birth control. I'm scared. It uh, it's like ruins you from within. Gives you mood swings, gives you acne. There's so Fuck many different shit. types. There's so many different types depending on your like um physical condition and your like hormone balance and all of that you you will be able to find the right one. You said IUD. It's funny cuz my boyfriend's mom had all three of her kids while she was on IUD. Oh my. <laughs> the hell science? <laughs> when was that? Probably many years ago, huh? Yeah, like 20 years ago, 26 years ago. Oh god. Oh god. So those kids were then meant to be, honestly, like those kids God was literally saying, "Hey, listen, Has you you yeah, you're like you're having these babies. Come on." That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, it just would make so much more sense to me if science would come up with a way so that men would have to take contraceptive. It's like, it's so much better to unload a gun than give the person who's about to get shot a bulletproof vest. That's a very valid right? point. It's Absolutely. like, unload the gun. Why are you giving me a vest? So pharmaceutical companies, that. if you're hearing us, it's time for you to work on male yes. birth control, okay? It's yeah. about time. For real. It's like, okay, we get the periods, we get the pregnancy, and you want me to take this <laughs> pill every day or whatever? You have yeah, to take yeah, it every yeah, day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Gives yeah. me mood swings, as if I don't already have mood swings because of hormonal imbalances. My love, you have a very valid point. Like, nobody can argue What's that. What's going on? Exactly. See? Again, I'm asking all the pharmaceutical companies out there, it's time for you to come up with male birth control. And if you have already, don't forget to write to our podcast. <laughs> you do it, lady. You work in a lab. I know, right? <laughs> I got yeah, to step up my game. That's so true. I've been like so inundated with cancer research. I actually forgot about a very important, you know, feminine issue that I got to work on. Hell I'm yeah. on it. I'm on it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Okay, so next thing I wanted to talk about is that you were given uh, an award on the pink carpet uh -huh. called the Fashionista Award. Uh, yes. You wore this insane dress. By Iris Van Herpen. It was so cool. So we're going to pull up the video. If you can, Kyle, that would be great. Um, we have the honor of presenting is the Pink Carpet Fashionista Award. A true fashionista knows how to stand out in a crowd. They challenge conformity and force us to re-examine our definition of beauty. Rebel, but make it fashion. Amen. So tonight, we honor someone whose fierceness cannot be ignored. The winner of the Pink Carpet Fashionista Award is... Megan Porter! Oh, that was a good moment. God, that was a good moment. I love the, this part because as you're climbing up the stairs, there's this guy that's like trying to help you go up the stairs and you're just like, I got this bitch. <laughs> go away. I was like, I got this. <laughs> wow, oh my God, I'm getting butterflies in my stomach. That was such an amazing day. 
Were you scared of falling in that moment? I feel like that would be my biggest fear. No. Because you were wearing crazy shoes. Babe, if you wear crazy, you gotta get yourself prepared <laughs> mentally, you know? You're right. If you're going crazy, you may as well go all the way. <laughs> I was speech ready, but I decided to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Iris Van Herpen, for creating these beautiful wings and for always raising the bar in the fashion industry by her innovations. The future of fashion is technology and fabric stitched together, which is combined with the sheer force of personality. Fashion is my way of expressing my emotions and my way of showing you my heart. I come from a place where the answer to your truth is a bullet in your heart which is what my people in Iran are facing. And growing up in a country where you're forced to be silenced, my father, who was my late father, who was one of the most open-minded people in this world, told me that when this society and the people want me to be silenced, I can express myself through what I wear. And I can, be, I can bedazzle my body with my beliefs. And he also told me one more thing. He told me that men are intimidated by the success of powerful women. So I want to thank <laughs> I want to thank a man who not only doesn't get intimidated by the success of women, but he supports it and he gets behind it. Thank you, Shiraz Hassan. Uh, thank you to all the people that believed in me when I thought a girl from Iran can never be on international stages in the world to represent her people. Thanks to Dr. Robert Heisinga, Alexis and Mikey from the Archive Showroom, Antonio from Style PR, George Perez. I see you getting emotional mommy, just hearing it. Merci, mommy. For the people in Iran, I hope you can hear them Thank you, everybody. That's so sweet. I love um, that you even said a little sentence in Farsi at the end. Of course. That was my dream. You know, when I moved here, a lot of people said, oh, my God, nobody from Iran has ever made it in Hollywood in terms of being a mainstream actor that's not limited by her cultural or like ethic, eth like ethnical background. And I, I, prom I made a promise to God that if I'm ever on any platform and being awarded as an artist, not just an Iranian artist, I will make sure I will pay my respect and tribute to my roots. So because of that very much accurate stereotype that people from our country has never really made it that far, at least when it comes to Hollywood, did you ever think of hiding that part of yourself? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever hide the fact that you are from this country? Yeah, for a while. For the first few years of my career, that's what everybody was advising me to do. Like every manager, every agent, they were like, nobody needs to know where you're from. They don't even need to know that you're from the Middle East. You can just, you know, you can be from anywhere. You can play any roles. And I loved it. But apart, I love the fact that I'm being given an opportunity to be who I want to be uh, without being limited to where I was, you know, born at or like, you know, my cultural background. But it was never quite authentic to who I really am I was never feeling like I'm living my truth you know and then yeah. one day I was like if I'm if for me to achieve what I want to achieve I'm I'm supposed to not be true to my heart just screw that you know because you can never get anywhere in life unless you're completely truthful 
to who Absolutely. you want to be. Absolutely. You know? And how old were you when you moved out of Iran? I, at first I was five, but then we were oh. going back and forth. And then when I was 14, I moved to England. Okay. So, but like, how, how, how many years of your life would you say you lived in Iran? I just kind of want to see how big of a, a, a part of your character and personality it was to be from Iran. Huge. Very huge. It was yeah. home. It was my yeah. parents. It was, it, it's where is still home in my head. Right. You know, right. like at least a good 10, 15 years, maybe. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big part of me. It's like, even when I was living in England, right. And at some point I remember thinking that I probably, I had lived in England more than I had lived in Iran, but I was still looking for every opportunity to go back to Iran. And because, you know, Iran is a very fun country. It is. And we, we have more fun than, you know, I, to this day, I've never been to any country that, you know, why you do you think it's fun so fun? That. Because we're not allowed to do any of the fun stuff. We're not allowed to any of the fun stuff outdoors, but we're allowed to do everything indoors. we want indoors. <laughs> so let me just unpack that real quick for everyone who's listening. Things in Iran are so fun. And this is like everyone who's lived there and been there knows this. Why? Because everything is illegal. Everything is illegal. <laughs> Drinking, smoking, all types of drugs. Even when you're crossing the street, you kind of get this like excitement. You're like, ooh, am I going to die? Because people drive crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's very true. So everything just has like a really fun like kick to it. Like as soon as you're... Even if you're just wearing a short sleeve, you're like, damn, I'm breaking the goddamn law. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a rebel. Yeah, it feels good. Everything's yeah, so much yeah, yeah. fun. And it's like, yeah, we, alcohol is prohibited because it's an Islamic country and you do have to wear a hijab. Um, it's not the same hijab as, <coughs> let's say, uh, Saudi Arabia. People mistake that a lot of times. So you don't wear like the head to toe full cover thing with your face covered, but you do wear a very like... I would say you have to kind of cover your hair. You kind of have to like, you have to wear a long sleeve. Um, I would say a lot more like Mormons than like Saudi Arabia, wouldn't you say? Like you have to cover your shoulders and your arms. Man, you wear... all I know is it's just damn fun. You know, you're right. Yeah, you just wake sucks. up feeling like a rebel. <laughs> yeah, everything you do. So so we don't have bars or clubs. Uh, we're not even really allowed to listen to loud music. Uh, women are not even allowed to sing, which is insane. But then people throw the best house parties with DJs and alcohol is flowing and like, and girls show up to parties wearing hijab, but underneath it, they're wearing the sluttiest outfits ever, which is like, whoa. And we're talking like <laughs> Mykonos, Ibiza, South of France, <laughs> all combined. Yeah. You know, like the type of parties they throw, the house parties they throw in Iran, it's like, I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's actually extreme, you know, since like we have to keep it to the extreme when we're outside, then, you know, we kind of... <laughs> I guess we're balancing out in some other ways. But, you know, I remember when I had first moved to uh, L.A., one day I was listening to really loud music and I was dancing. And then this police officer pulled up right next to me. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, if, I was, if I'm in Iran and if, oh, yeah, if it was in, in Iran, trouble. I would have been in, yeah, arrested or in trouble. And I looked at the officer and he's like, damn, girl, you're having fun. Yeah. And I'm like, is that all? And he's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow. You're like, I'm not in trouble for having fun? <coughs> wow. <coughs> Oh, sorry. I choked on some water. <laughs> Are you okay now? Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so you... Okay, let's talk about your speech a little. So you 
you talk about your dad. A big part of your speech is your dad. You mentioned yeah. how open-minded he is. Yes. So what was it like being, uh, being a Persian girl, raised in a Persian family, but what was your family like? What was your dad like? Amazing, amazing, really liberal, never yeah. limited me for anything. Always wanted me to follow my heart, always like sat me down when I was 13 and he says, Megan, I get you. You took after me. I understand you're a free spirit. I understand you want to experience a lot of things in life. And I understand that you love. I understand that the way, like, he told me something. He said, you're going to learn that not many people feel as deep as you do. But I understand that because I'm the same. And I'll let you fulfill that and feel whatever you want to feel. But just promise me that you'll stick to your educational program and you get me that damn degree and then I'll support you in anything you want to do in this world. Which is the most Middle Eastern thing ever. Yeah. It's like you want, you. It, mm, it's not negotiable. You have to get that degree. Yeah. You can go do whatever the heck you want afterwards. Exactly. But but you got to get that degree. Yeah. If you want to make your, if you want to make your parents proud, you have to go to school. You have to get an education because the countries that we're from, really, the only way you can make it is through your education. Like in a country like America, you can not even go to college, but you could start working. Correct. You can become an entre- entrepreneur. You can start a business. But in countries like Iran and really most, I think, third world countries, the only way that you can make it is through getting an education, getting a degree, and then being able to land a good job. So in our parents' mind, it's a it's so much of a prestige thing that you have to like, you know, at least get your master's degree. Exactly. It's like at least. <laughs> yeah. Like a bachelor degree is like barely acceptable. Yeah. Barely. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I love it though, because it pushes us. And it's like most of the Persians that I see, they're very, they're achieved people. Here's the beauty of it. Once you go through college, obviously you get older by default, right? Mm -hmm. And you see a lot. While you're experiencing, like going through college years, you do experience a lot. You understand how to socialize with people. You understand different people. So by default, it reduces the chance of doing something stupid, right. you know? So that's that's the mindset behind why they push us to really go to college because they want us to, like, enter this world of... It's like drinking. Why, don't, why do they tell you to not drink un, un, until you're 21? Because they want to make sure first you have the right perspective of what you want in your life before you start doing something that can be... You know what I mean? So it wouldn't turn into anything negative. Right. Yeah, I think I think the best thing that school because I'm still in school and I'm planning on going for a long time still. And I think the best thing that school really gives you it's not I don't really feel like, well, since I changed my major to psychology, it's different. But before that, I actually um, was a law student because I wanted to make my parents proud. Um, but a big part of it was that I didn't really feel like I learned so much in school, but it presents you with a daily challenge. And when you learn how to just go through challenges and struggles and whether that's writing an exam or I mean, writing a paper or an exam or dealing with a professor that doesn't like you, I don't know, that would just happen to me a lot. But, um, it's just a challenge and that kind of like prepares you for like later life challenges yeah i think that's kind of like yeah, yeah maybe yeah. one of the best that's things true. that school Absolutely. brings yeah. to you which school did you go to imperial college london oh you went oh okay that's pretty cool so 
your dad was an open-minded man. Were you close to your mom at all? Yes, but I was much close. Well, I was Closer close to, to my mom, of course, and now I'm super close with her. But my dad was my 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 twin. You Aww. know, yeah, we were the same people, literally the same. Oh, how cute! Yeah, it's pretty cute. Yeah. Um, I took the Myers Briggs test from Megan, and you're an ENFP, and your extrovert percentage was surprising Super high. to me. Yeah, like eighty percent or something. <laughs> I know, which means you're just like extremely like bubbly, outgoing. You're I a people's people. person. I love people. Do you ever get tired of people? No. Like, like okay, let's say like. After a day of just prolonged, like, hanging out with people and parties and just talking to people, do you feel like you need to go home and be isolated and just be by yourself? I only want to go home as long as I'm going home to people. That's crazy. Yeah. My biggest fear in life is being alone. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. That's so cute, though. That's so different than me. Because me, like, after I hang out with people for a while, and for a while, I mean, like, four hours oh wow i'm ready to go home be by myself be in quiet so that i can recharge and i can go back out and but when i'm out i'm very extroverted i'm like i i love talking to people and picking on their brains and like seeing what they're up to but in order for me to be able to do that i need to be by myself for a while I know my charger is like people are my charger, you know. Yeah, you charge by hand. Yeah, on. and like even right now, I've been staying with my family for a little while, and I've been waking up to my beautiful mother's face and my brother's face, and I'm moving to a new place tomorrow. Speaking of which, and a part of me is freaking out about being mm-hmm. alone. I so don't like it. I'm like, and and I struggle to understand the point of life without people. Uh, people without people. Yeah, without love. Without people. Yeah. What would you do if you were abandoned on an island by yourself without any people? I don't even want to be alive, you know, to be in that situation. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why you're 80% an extrovert. (laughs) See, that makes so much sense. And you're also, here, let me pull up my screenshot of your personality type. I'm a double Gemini as well. You're a Gemini? A double Gemini. Like I have four planets in Gemini. Oh, like your rising and stuff yeah, like my, that? No, my sun, my moon, Venus, and Mercury all in Gemini. So what does that mean? It means I have so many different... Personalities? Uh, so many different ways of going about life. Okay. So I don't. I never go about the same issue like once. in the same way more than once, yeah. Okay. They say if you're, you're with a double Gemini girl, it's like you're dealing with, you know, like in Farsi, you know, they say the word haram, as if you have so many wives or so many girlfriends, because like at any given moment, I, I'm always, I'm all about changing strategies, yet like right. seeing things from a different perspective, like being more creative with things and never doing the same thing. You know, like I don't like to do the, the same thing over and over again. I want to like keep looking at it from different ways. Yeah. And that's because, Yeah. Usually people that are N's, your ENFP, that's second letter, intuitive. Those are people that like to go about things in unconventional way, ways. They don't, they're not very traditional. They, they, they don't believe in tried and true. They want to figure out, carve out their own path and yeah. figure things out their own, their own, their own way. It's right here, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, your feeling is also really high, almost 60%, which means you make a lot of decisions based on feelings and emotions rather than like facts and data. Um, does that ring true to you? Facts are made by human. Right. Feelings are what you're born with. Your I'm feeling. not saying I'm not talking about emotionally like irrational things. I'm talking about what you feel deep in your heart. Right. Like when you're alone with yourself and you're like, how do I feel about this? That moment is your truth. Mm -hmm. That you cannot understand or define by any rule books. And if you don't go by it, you're not being authentic to your true self. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm a T, I'm a thinker. So I tend to go a lot more by like logic, I would say. Yeah. Not so much facts, but like just like logic. Like, yeah, I may feel a certain way towards something, but when it comes to decision making, I would put away my feelings and I would go with what's logical what's logical does not necessarily have to be what's factual because you're yeah. right facts are made by humans what is fact something that you can google exactly that can be wrong exactly you know um there are so many things i want to talk to you about and how much more time do we have kyle like 20 minutes oh man okay i still want to go back to your speech let's go um the part that you say in my country, your truth means a bullet in your heart. Uh -huh. Talk about that a little bit. So the award show was in November 2019. In November 2019, people of Iran went to bed and they woke up to the price of oil quadrupled, and which affected everything else that was going on in their lives without having their salaries increased, which is make it impossible to live impossible to afford to have even a normal life or like having your normal needs met and they went to the street to kind of show uh, show their frustration and their uh, you know the fact that they won't be they they weren't able to survive anymore and a lot of them got shot and killed yeah. and the whole country shut down the internet so nobody could even like report on what's going on in the country not that major news outlets ever report yeah. on you know those major incidents in iran but at this yeah. point like they didn't even have any internet for people to be able to communicate with people like me yeah and um yeah, and even now to this day about three weeks ago they wanted to kill a lot of those people that they arrested during the uh protest of november 2019 but yep. that's what i'm referring to but that's just the tip of the iceberg in Iran, like, unfortunately, there is no freedom of speech. And, nope. if, and what's not true to your heart cannot be communicated or verbalized. Yeah. Otherwise, you're in trouble, which is yeah. what I'm referring to. Yeah. And trouble does not mean like a slap on the wrist. It means you go missing. Yeah. Your parents will not even get your body yeah, that's so to, like, have a proper funeral for you. So it's scary. Yeah. I mean, that was just... Thank you. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, she wore this dress. Why don't you explain it yourself? Um, well, I went to the Grammys and at the time there was a major conflict between Iran and the U.S. And there was a lot of like um, 
there was a lot of there were there were talks of war there were talks of like people were feeling really unstable and i kept receiving calls from my friends in iran that they were all worried about the possibility of a big war between the u.s mm-hmm. and iran and i was going to the grammys and i was thinking to myself well i feel bad that my people are suffering so much and here i am going to one of the you know biggest events in the world in hollywood what can i do for them and at the time it was um nobody had ever used the iranian flag on any major right. red carpet events and it wasn't something that you know there the, there wasn't anybody that i could um get advice from um and i decided to just give it a go and yeah. stand up for people and ask the world for peace right. because in the end of the day i there regardless of your political stance the country you're from your culture we all need peace right and i stand up for peace yeah. and i did it and it thanks to a lot of major media outlets in america cnn tmz yeah um, you were everywhere <laughs> yeah. you were everywhere you were like headlines news everywhere yes that's yes. how i actually found your page oh wow from that dress oh wow yeah i found your page and i started looking into your page and i just got you you have so many aspects to that i just got like to take a look and i was like wow mm-hmm. she's cool so let's deviate from politics and iran as much as i love that subject are you dating anyone are you single i'm single <laughs> how and why Um it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> just met the I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> Mr. Wright. Um I Mr. Wright is somebody who understands my heart. What's your type? What are you into? Someone that I can connect with very deep on a spiritual level. Someone that I can become one with that when I hold that person in my arms or I hold their hands I feel like um, we're we're the same person and somebody who's a partner in crime we yeah. work together we laugh together we we have romantic moments together but it's definitely important for me to be with someone who I can um be partners in crimes within every aspect of my life I like that person to be involved in my world and my life and my business and I like to be involved in his business and right. I and i want to feel like he respects my opinion when it comes to his work just real partners in crime like i want him to be able to open up to me like he can't to anybody else and i want him to know that i embrace him with his pain and his scars because in the end of the day we all have a lot of scars i like that so dating in la is obviously not easy especially when you want to find someone that you can connect with on those levels. I haven't been in a, in the dating scene in LA to be honest. Um I don't like dating at all. If anything I hate dating. So I don't go on dates. Then how are you going to find someone? I'm sure I attend enough good, you know, um events that are close to my heart that somebody who shares the same causes as I do will cross my path. But And then you guys are going to have to start dating, no? I need to feel that an initial spark in chemistry and there has to be a level of familiarity. Right. I prefer to like get to know someone first on maybe more like a friendship level or more like a work level before then, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowly. For me it's more about friendship first. 
if you don't have a friendship with someone, you cannot have anything else because friendship is like the basis of any other kind of, you know, relationship you want to have with anyone because friendship can never be taken away from mm-hmm. you. So, yeah. <laughs> How much more time do we have? Like 15 minutes. 15? Oh, that's great. Oh, okay. Well, you're not dating anyone. Let's see what else. What else do you want to talk about? Well, I have an exciting project to talk about. Yes. I'm starting. Well, this is the first time I'm talking about this. This hasn't been, it hasn't been announced yet. And I know my team will, you know, not be happy about it if this comes out <laughs> before the show has come out, but I'm starting a weekly talk show on oh. Fox LA's KCOP Channel 13. That's awesome. Every Saturday at 8:30 in the morning. It's going to be something like you've never seen before. People are going to be hungover as fuck. <laughs> Great. That's why I want, I want them to start their Saturday morning with me while they're feeling all hungover and they're getting ready to kind of like have an awesome Saturday. That's yeah. the whole point of the show. Okay. Um, so is it going to be like an interview based? It's going to be interview based, but it's not going to be just sitting in, you know, one studio and just interviewing someone and, you know. Um, it's you, you well based on the personality test you made me take you know I'm more about experiencing things and feeling Absolutely. things versus listening to things so I'm gonna do the same thing for my audience I'm gonna take them through different experiences like for example right now during this time we might not be able to do a lot of normal things but normal's boring anyway right and there are so many alternatives like so many alternative things we can do and I'm gonna take my guests through different experiences and each episode will have a theme like the theme of the first one. Oh my god I'm, I'm sharing too much I know but I'm excited sorry this is the problem when you get me excited that's cool the theme of the first episode will be getting over your biggest fear <gasps> and I'm gonna have two to three guests per episode and depending on what their biggest fear is You're I'm gonna put spiders on their I'm face I'm gonna make them do it like oh one of god. them it's like fear factor one of them <laughs> is scared of snakes I'm taking him to a snake zoo one of them scared of bungee jumping. I'm going to take him there and I'm going to talk. I want them I'm to scared. let it out of their system. <laughs> I'm scared of insanely attractive men that are extremely um, emotionally unavailable. Uh, emotionally available. They have 401k. They have insurance and they have a job. <laughs> so I guess if you come on my show, I'm going to line up a bunch of them for you. <laughs> It's okay, I have a to get scared of. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's all about. I feel like there's a point in life where it's time for you to face all of your fears and understand yeah. why you're even fearful of that I like particular that. thing. You know, I love that. So yeah, that's so, the, so cool. I know the show. Uh, we're going into production this week, and uh, the first episode will air on September 26th. Don't forget September 26th, I Channel like 13. I want to check it out. Eight thirty in the morning. And uh, let's go on a journey together. You know, I'm all Dude, about... that sounds awesome. Because I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel I'm one of those people that I... Not only I need... I, 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 I just live and breathe people. I live for people. And I felt like... Obviously, I'm not able to be with millions of people at a time. But if I'm on TV, then I can. Then I can feel like I'm sharing my experiences with millions of people. Hopefully from around the world. So this is for me to be a part of other people's lives and to take them on my journey. Such a people's person. Yeah. I love that. And we share the pain. We share the joy. We share everything. So are you going to do any part of that where you face your fears? Absolutely. What's that going to be like? My what are your fear. fears? Well, well, 
my biggest fear is the absence of love. Oh, wow. That's my biggest fear. Jesus. And um, unfortunately, right now at this very moment, I do have that in my life, which is the absence of love. I am surrounded by a lot of people that I love and I care for. But there is a big difference between loving someone or being in love. Do you mean like romantic love? Yes, romantic oh, okay. love. Um, so I felt like this show is going to heal me because I'm going to feel the love that I want from people yeah. until I can also be in love in my personal life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's all about, it's going to be a show about sharing love and feeling love. And But then you know, how are you going to face your fear if absence of love is your fear how I am are you going through my f- living my fear right but how moment. are you going to showcase that on your on your because if someone's scared of snakes that's a fear that you can show on let's say a tv show correct but if you're if your fear is absence of love how are you going to show that just like stay single for a few years <laughs> <laughs> no i hope not no 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 um i think it's going to be more about Showing my vulnerable side and showing yeah. well, the truth is when you're when you're afraid of something, when you're fearful of something, you're mainly fearful of the of the of the uh, side effects of what like what things will come with it. And I want to go through the fact that I'm living in this moment of this t- at this time. I don't. I'm not going home to anyone, and all the fears that I'm going through. And taking the audience with me on this journey because a part of this journey will, uh, my personal life will be included in the show. And we're even filming some parts of the show at in my living room. And I will walk the audience through. You got to be super careful with that. Oh, really? In what way? Dude, people can find where you live just from the view that you get from your window. Listen. That's scary. Once you're. Don't let that become one of your fears. <laughs> It won't. Hopefully it won't. That happened to one of my friends. He's a YouTuber and people found where he lives from the view that he gets from his window. He had to move out. And he's a guy. Oh, wow. Sorry, I don't mean to scare you. I'm just saying, like, be careful. You're a beautiful girl. Better than being alone. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, man. I'm like, right now, anything's better than being alone. Me and my stalker. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, one thing that I am going to show on the show about a, about two months ago, a, a car crashed into my living room. I know, destroyed my house. Also, don't ever live on the first floor. No, I know. I was living in a, in a house, but which is why, um, you know, this I've, I can't say this is why it happened because a lot of other people live in houses too. But it was an experience of like you see everything destroyed right in front of your face. Right. Which is something that I have gone through many times. I lost my dad. We lost everything we had. Like I lost the house and the living room and all that. And then you realize that, you know what? All that matters is that goddamn love because everything else goes away. Even when the house went away, I was like, the only thing I can rely on is love. Well, you were alive. (laughs) First of all, so you're alive because you could. Where where did the car come? Like what? I it just like came into your living came room. Came into my living room. Where were you in the kitchen? Uh, no, your coffee, no, like, no. What? I would have been dead if I was in the house. I would have. Oh, been you dead. weren't in the house. I was in the house. Thank God. So you just walk into your house, and, and then just... it was gone. Everything and all my furniture and all my life. I was like, dude, you see, love is all that matters and all that lasts. Oh my God! I know. Wow, that's scary. Was it like a drunk driver? No, it was early morning, six a.m. It was a guy who fell asleep behind wheels. Older guy, very nice guy, actually. And thank God nothing happened to him. Oof. 
<laughs> the look on your face. Oh That's my god, I mean, guys, you guys should see the look on that her face. So like scary. her eyes literally popped out of its socket <laughs> and went back in. Because I'm trying to imagine, like, imagine you go out for a night of like drinking, or if you smoke or whatever, and you come home, you're like fucked up, and you see there's a car in your living room. You're like, wait. Is this like, real? Is it me? Am I like, yeah? Am I, I seeing <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> You're so funny. You're a great host. I really like you. This podcast Thank is you. gonna be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I know that. But yeah, so that's where we are. So the most exciting thing right now, my baby, is the show. What's it? What's it gonna be called? The Megan Pormer Show. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Every Saturday at 8.30 a.m., guys, don't forget. I should have called my podcast The Pawnee Show. Exactly. <laughs> you should. <laughs> so because it's going to be a, a lot about me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. share my entire heart. I'm going to open my heart to the world. Like with no fears, with no limitations, with no barriers. Okay. I'm going to put it right in front of them. That's very exciting. I'm glad. Am I the first person to know about that? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to wake up September 26th at 8 o'clock in the morning. 8.30. 8.30. Well, I'm going to wake up at 8 to, like, make sure that I'm, you know, You're prepared. Ready. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll get you ready for your day. My whole purpose <laughs> is for people to kind of, like, be opening their eyes, like, kind of, like, half open, half yeah. not, and I'll make sure I'll wake them up. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that concept very much. Um, I did something like that in my own life. I used to be very afraid of heights. So what I did about it, I went to get my skydiving license. Wow. Yeah. Yes, girl. Yeah. I'm proud of you. That's so, what I'm talking about. So I'm very much a believer in that. Like fear is in your mind. And if you don't face it, it's going to control you for the Correct. rest of your life. Correct. You, for the if rest you don't of your face life. your fears, it will control you for the rest of your life. That's absolutely true. Yeah, but now I'm like afraid of cockroaches. Oh, trust me, come to the show. And I would I'm gonna so much rather jump out you. of an airplane than, than like, <laughs> and like face a fucking cockroach. Okay, now I know what your episode is going to be about on my show, dude. No joke. I was just talking to. There is this. Uh, it's called desensitization therapy. If I'm saying that right, which is like when you're afraid of something, you go into this therapy, and what they do, they let's say you're afraid of snakes or spider or whatever. And uh, you get a therapist you and they will coach you step by step and they will bring that thing that you're afraid of closer to you and closer to you. So let's say you're afraid of snakes or spider. So first they will show you a picture of a spider and then they will like put it on your hand and then they will put it on your face and make you look at just the picture of the spider right. in the mirror. And you'll have a therapist that guides you step by step teaching you how to be calm and how to make peace with it and then slowly wow. they will bring an actual spider from far and then bring it closer and then maybe hold it on your hand so slowly you drop that fear of it but you also have a therapist that helps you step by step talks wow. you through it so i've I just learned about this and I was talking to someone about it. So literally last night I was having a dream and I was just telling one of my friends that I am afraid of bugs and I just don't like them because I'm a city girl. I never really get to be around bugs and like insects. Right. But uh, my boyfriend lives in Cabo. So whenever I go there, it's just a bunch of fucking things that are flying around <laughs> and i don't like it because he also has a big garden we go and we sit there and i love it except from the times that i see a fucking and i hate to be that girl that jumps and screams and make 
a scene because Girl, of, you gotta get over that. I fear. know. I hate like calling You're like attention. This boy, you gotta like get rid that. of that fear. Yeah. So I've been thinking about like slowly getting myself closer to a spider or whatever it is. So literally last night I had a dream that my mom is in my apartment in LA and there is a flying cockroach in my living room and my mom's very afraid. So in my dream, I was trying to implement that thing that I've learned to like just be calm. Don't like it's all in your head. If you act, if you if you tell yourself that I'm scared, you're going to act like you're scared. So the cockroach would fly because I was trying to like hit it with my shoe. <laughs> it would fly. And even a couple of times it hit my hand and in my dream. I was telling myself, look, it's OK. It just hit your hand. It's fine. So it's crazy because in my dream, I was trying to like coach myself not to eat. When you like, actually face your fears, you realize that there was nothing to be worried yeah. about. Yeah, it's all in your head. But it's scary to get yourself to think of it like that. I know, but then the freedom afterwards, like the the sense of freedom that you're no longer controlled by some, you know, meaningless fear. Oh, that's amazing. That's all you should focus on, the freedom afterwards. Yeah. Once you get, yeah. once you transcend the level, yeah. you know, that level of, once you get through a particular fear and then transcend from there, it's like the ultimate state of freedom and uh, liberty and like feeling that you can be even more of the your true self without being controlled by any fears yeah and it's very rewarding yeah when you, when you do that and of you course. just like feel like a boss and then you feel like you're more prepared to face other things in life that are challenging that are fearful Correct. Absolutely. like slowly so i love that idea i love that you're doing that that's a really cool that's gonna be a really cool show i can't wait to watch it mm-hmm and um, as the last part, I just want you to tell people where they can find you. So find me at Instagram at Megan Pormer, M-E-G-A-N-P-O-R-M-E-R. And Megan, the Megan Pormer show will be on Fox, LA's KCOP on Saturday, uh, September 26th. Woo woo! <laughs> all right, thank you And I so get back much. to every single DM I receive. I check all of my DMs because I'm all about people and I really live and l- like live for their comments and their DMs. Yeah. So DM me. I'll be more than happy to get in touch. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Lots of love and I love your energy. Thank you, babe. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Shake it up, stop when the clock hits 13 You've been working, but you're flirting With the weekend, you can freak out